0: Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, an episode about rookie cards with Victor. Victor and I talked for a long time. He came down in November to the hobby dinner we had, and I've had an ongoing conversation with him about how to make sense out of uh, rookie cards, past, present, and future. Thanks, sponsors. Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott Auctions, Tops. Panini, and Upper Deck. Thanks, Victor, for really digging so deep into it. It's a worthy topic. This episode is less than 15 minutes and got more coming. Here is the first part of my rookie card ramblings with Victor. The Valenzuela. Everybody thought the 81-traded Valenzuela was a really cool card. People were wanting it to be a rookie card. If you remember, the only people that had 81-traded extended sets had 100 because they were sold 100 for 450 bucks, instant gold. So there were a lot of dealers that had a strong position in a case or two. I think it might even been a minimum of two cases. So all of a sudden, you got 200 sets. And when you break them, if the Reigns and the Valenzuela and maybe J- Jeff Reardon, who was decent at that time, every dealer that got the cases lobbied me. <laughs> but I'm trying to be the voice of the collector too. And the collectors saying, hey, wait a minute, I'm being held hostage here. This is a box set. It wasn't available in a pack, and these dealers have a horde of them, and they wanted to be rookie cards. And I certainly didn't cop out, but I made people mad because I said, it's not the first card <laughs> from Topps. It was certainly the consensus of collectors when those sets came out that, hey, this is not fair. Now, Danny Ainge, another story, and yet Ainge also had regular season rookies in, I think, Fleer and Donruss both, but it was his first Topps card. So things started getting murky in 81. The fact that the extended cents were numbered in sequence, I dealt with all that stuff at the time, didn't have a magazine, but I was at a lot of shows, talking to a lot of dealers, and I think the consensus certainly of collectors was that that the Valenzuela issued six months later after he'd already had quite a bit of acclaim, actually had pretty good acclaim at the end of 80 as well, but it it was not his first tops card at all, and it, it wasn't even something that was that controversial. Now you skip to the next year, you got Ripken, 82 traded. It's a better looking card, but people were wanting it to be a rookie if they had it, Victor. That's what I had to deal with. The yeah, average yeah. person that had no skin in the game said, hey, you had your chance. In the beginning of the season, you could have gotten the Ripkins. Now it's the end of the season. It's in a box. Everybody gets a box, gets one. But that was a great set. Ozzie Smith, high demand for Cardinals and even though not a rookie at all. So cards can have merit without being a rookie card. And I think your stance is similar to mine that don't call it a rookie card. Maybe it's a type of rookie card or a disputed rookie card or a questionable, yeah. but it's not a classic rookie card. And that's where I draw the line. So on eBay, they can call it a rookie card, quote unquote, but that's unpoliced. Your point is it's
1: confusing the people come into the hobby because they think, well, wait, this, they told me this was a rookie card. On the first issue of Beckett baseball, I was the XRC already in there in the first issue? I don't think so. I had RC question mark and XRC
0: didn't come along till early 85 or something like that. Strawberry had been a big problem and then Budden and Clemens and things like that. So in 84, it got really bad because those were great cards and they're recognized as rookies, but what does that make 85 tops Clemens? It is his first tops card.
1: But now I guess in the circles that I'm in, the sentiment is that RCs are more preferred because they're the true rookie card and not the following years. I'm not in favor of that. I'm not
0: either. And that's why I didn't call it an RC. I'm on the record as saying to me, the Daryl Strawberry and the the Gooden and the Clemens, the extended traded sets are not full rookie cards because they weren't pack pulled. And that was important back in the day. One of my themes for you, hats off to you is you don't want people to change the rules after the fact. It's not fair. And I really had a serious concern for that because I'm a hobby purist. I've been around for a long time, and I want to have a a legacy that people can understand and not think, oh, that's the way they used to do it, but they had a vote or something. It's not a vote. Historically, that's still a great card. It, It shouldn't diminish it. It's a type of rookie card, but not a full rookie card. Because right. otherwise, that means the other 85 Goodens and Clemens and those guys are chopped liver. They're, ze- they're nothing. And that's right. not the way the hobbies treated. it. And same thing when you get to 87 with Bo Jackson. A of a different yeah. problem because he had 86 donors, but bonds for sure. Yeah. And so many people collect the flagship tops of uh, right. bonds for sure. And to say that's not a rookie card at all. So I don't want to change what was carefully considered. And I want to make sure that you and I are on the same page as much as possible. I think we might disagree about a few things, but mostly we want what's best for the hobby. And most of the people, Victor, that are in favor of some of these things, they have. that's the benefit I had back in the day is I knew who had what kind of collection. I knew what they had. I knew from their dealer tables, from being around them for 10 years or something, I knew... What they had. And so, if they're saying, oh, this really is good, I knew they had a case of them. I'd take it with a grain of salt. I didn't completely discount it, but I wanted to get unbiased input. Census was there was a real frustration about the fact that the distribution of the extended sets was so controlled. The average guy couldn't get it unless he went through a dealer. And just like the, some of the things out, they were held hostage. Even though those sets came out at four or five bucks a piece, the individual cards were four or five bucks a piece instantly. And so, they just thought this is not fair. It's not available. I can't go down to my 7-Eleven or even my hobby shop. I can't buy a pack and maybe get it, maybe not. So again, a sense of fair play. What we do agree on is that to be a a full rookie card, the producer of the card needs to be nationally recognized, major card company that is fully licensed to the extent that's possible. It ought to be evidenced on the card. You look at the card, you ought to say, oh, I can see this is licensed. And it's from the year that he became... That he was a rookie. So you to know that you probably need to know baseball or know the cards. The second thing was the method of issue, and pack pulled to me is it doesn't get any better than that. That's the gold standard for a rookie card. If it's pack pulled, that's unassailable. I don't think anybody's disputing that. They just want to broaden it. I also think there's an argument to be made that redemption cards are not necessarily rookies. I think I'm going to lose that argument because they were in the pack but they weren't physically in the pack. A representation was in the pack. It shouldn't be a regional issue. Peachy is national Canadian, and there are probably some in the northern states, but mostly that's a regional issue. And so hockey, I get that. But for baseball, there's an 87 OPG bonds. It's like a rookie card. To me, it's not as good. I'm coming at it with thinking that there's such a thing, quote unquote, as a five-star rookie card. Undisputed, just everybody agrees. And then you take away stars when there's some controversy or some exception to the rule, the five-star really, are a lot of the base flagship cards, they're unassailable. They're just made so many of them that people say it's too easy or something. But in reality, the fact that it was easy made it an accessible rookie card to anybody. And that was the democracy of it back in the day. It can't be a regional issue, like a hot dog card or food card or something like that, even if it was done in the rookie year. And I don't think it ought to be print on demand because I make a distinction on when the card was issued. If it's issued after the guy is famous, that's different than if it was issued before he was famous. It's the beginning of the season. we got a whole bunch of rookies. We don't know which ones are going to go. Some will make it. Some won't. Some might be excluded, but uh, let's see what happens. Like Tom Brady, that wasn't contrived. He, he had done nothing. He didn't even really deserve a card. Kurt Warner had no cards other than Mike Kramer giving him a shot. So I think the print-on-demand or late-season stuff that you're taking advantage Of the player's already popularity. It's like the difference buying Babe Ruth cards for when he was playing as opposed to retrospective cards. When it was issued and the method of issue is important and earlier is better. This happens in Ultra in the 90s when they had two series. They're rookies that have a a rookie card in the first series and then one in the second series. They're both considered rookies, but the series one came out first and they're overlapping checklists. In many cases, the first series had college unis, And the second series had pro unis and they were two or three months difference in their release. I agree that's problematic. And the other concept I have is like no ability of recognizability because not everybody's going to have your knowledge or my knowledge, your book or my book. They're going to just look at the card. And if it's not evident or available to know by looking at the card, hey, this is a rookie card because I can see what year it is and I can see that it's tops. And it's not an inaction card or a World Series card or an all-star card. It's not an insert, which I think, again, maybe inserts are considered rookies to some degree. But to me, I love the R-Y de- designation. That makes a lot of sense. Which so- will
1: never happen unless it comes through the accountability and the guidance of the Players Association to convince the card manufacturers that's the best way to go. That's going to be a tough sell. They did something
0: like that in '05, but it was the other direction. It was to
1: make it easier for things
0: to be a rookie card. You're asking them now to tighten up, to make right. it more difficult for something and adding another designation in the long run for the uh, increased understanding of what we hope is an expanding hobby. They ought to do it. I'm not thinking they're going to do it. I hope they would because you're right. That would be a step in the right direction to demystifying because you can't expect everybody to buy your book. Or my right. ebook to find out whether something's a rookie card. It, right. we people to, to voluntarily comply, and the leagues and the players' association can strongly encourage that. And Correct. now eBay, now that eBay is uh, linked up more closely with uh, Com C, I think ComC's doing it right. I'm concerned about the proliferation of rookies without discrimination to which ones are more five star. What you found is that the cheaper ones, which are the base set ones, are getting left behind. As if they're Mm -hmm. no good, when they're actually the most authentic rookie cards and democratically available to anybody, uh, potentially for the price of a pack. I think rookie cards should adopt an NIL rule. And that is, it's not a rookie card unless the name, the image, the likeness is on the card. It can't be a rookie card if there's not a likeness of the card. That would exclude redemption cards. They might have the name, but they don't have a picture. They don't have any image or likeness. Or it's draft pick number 17. To me, those aren't rookie cards if they don't have an N and an I and an L on the card. If I put it on my wall, there's no picture. What is that? Oh, that's Kobe Bryant's card for before he was drafted. And it's got some bouncing balls on it. They're colorful (laughs) and his draft number. I've collected some of those things. Dirk Nowitzki, same thing. I've got his pre-rookie card in the sense of it's his redemption of whatever the company that did that. So anyway, when you're looking at the card, you ought to be able to tell. And the problem, like you said, if the leagues would tighten up, people just look and see, is there an RC on the They just say, I'm just going to go with that," And we're probably going to lose that battle going forward. Now, anything before 05 or 06, somewhere in there, you don't know. And that's why when I'm going through the dollar box, I'll find rookie cards in there that are pre-06 or 05. Yeah, The dealers don't know. They, they might see it's an early card. And they just think it doesn't say rookie on it. So that's to their detriment. Knowledge should be rewarded, Victor, but you shouldn't expect people to have a PhD or or some other advanced. (laughs) The purpose behind what
1: I'm doing is to educate.
0: My advice to you is to make it as succinct as you can. Most books that are sold in bookstores for men are purchased by women. Because men (laughs) don't like thick books. That's what they told me. I said, we're going to sell our price guide to hobby shops. Now, there's a lot of dudes in there and it was useful to them. But for you, the shorter it is, the more somebody could pick it up and say, Hey, this is going to help me understand this because you're you're not. And like I said, I I thought the more you can be in favor of this is what it is instead of criticizing what it isn't. The better rookie cards are the ones that meet these criteria. And if it's not that, it's not five star or it's somewhat disputed or controversial. And the hands of fate can change sometimes. It could change, but historically, we knew what a rookie card was. Does it have to have English on the back as opposed to a foreign dollar?
1: My view is when it comes to foreign product, anything that a North American card manufacturer made for the purposes of sending overseas, I consider those eligible rookie cards. A foreign card manufacturer, I have a hard time accepting those as a true North American rookie card. Shohei's, I don't really view Shohei's 2013s as true rookie cards. They're a Japanese rookie card. For sure, 100%. But those are cards made by a non-North American card manufacturer. And there's not a lot of intertwining of the markets. It's like that's their market over there and we have our market. They don't really intertwine.
0: It may intertwine more, but I, I agree with you. But does that suggest, and this especially applies to soccer, that rookie cards or designations are league-specific? Not American and national, but a major league as opposed to minor league as opposed to Japan nippon and uefa and all these different because in soccer it's a big mess they could have a yeah. card in all the different and they're different companies and different but they're fully licensed and so it's a rookie card of sorts it's the first card in that series but it's we've the moral high ground is lost because of when ichiro becomes the rookie of the year at the age of 30 Yeah, <laughs> a long career in japan and so they you, you can't go by the age
1: the man in the house of cars the man in the house of cars the man in the house of cars is doing